0: Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beaky. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 34 of season one of This Osteopathic Life. I come to you today over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. On the Oregon coast, near the northern border of Oregon, on a crisp and clear, pretty chilly sunshine day here. Coming off of a very busy day, as the Thursday of the Thanksgiving holiday tends to be. Pausing on eating any more food, one of my favorite culinary holidays, and certainly full of overindulgence for me yesterday. I'm pausing here to rest and reflect, rejuvenate, and record this episode. I missed last week, and that came as a result of simple scheduling. Um, It came as a result of different responsibilities taking precedence, and the concept not totally coming together. I had an idea for the podcast and it didn't quite fully form and i also spent a little bit of that mental creative space um uh, thinking about the book you know i made this one year vow or intention maybe is a better word to bring this osteopathic life to a book version and got to work on that in november and it's also taken a bit of a pause and maybe a bit of a tangent, you know, as you work on something, sometimes, I mean, necessarily better, but another idea that is meant to come to fruition sooner transpires. And so I've been in that space as well. But over the course of this past week, which for me was highlighted on Sunday with a day that began an in indecision. So... The musician, Nako, N-A-H-K-O, and Medicine for the People is the name of his group, is one that our family listens to quite a lot. We share the music with a number of friends. A friend of ours in particular performed this at her wedding in the summer with her partner. It was a very beautiful experience of the music. And they've been on tour. And the Monday prior... My husband was able to see them in Northern California with some friends. And I found out they were playing in Portland the Sunday following and hoped I could take a friend with me and bought tickets. And then as the day arrived, plans weren't quite working out. In Portland is about a four and a half hour drive from where we live in the southern part of Oregon. And it's through the mountains and it was potentially going to rain. It would mean coming back late at night and it didn't seem like something I would want to do solo. And I almost thought about flying, which seemed a bit irrational on the day for the cost that it was going to be. So I kind of sat in the morning thinking, I don't know what I want to do. I mean, I want to go, but as far as practicality and actually getting there, was I willing or able to do all that it would take to get there? And how would it be to go by myself? And I wasn't going to go. I'd kind of resigned myself to just letting it be and maybe trying to pass the tickets off or in classic kind of beaky family-style fashion, considering it as a donation to the tour and to the cause of this band. And then I was walking home from helping clean up from a school event on the bike path, and my husband had recommended for me this podcast, and I'll put a link here, podcast link within a podcast And it was talking about kind of being present and how we can get caught up in the backstory and history and overthinking and analyzing and kind of grooving ourselves into these patterns and stories and dialogues and narratives and miss out on the experience of the now and being in the present moment and being open to that which others are able to to give and receive from us. So I said, okay, let's just make a go of it and found childcare and my husband was able to go. And so we did. We left and made the drive up and went to the concert, which was in this, the Crystal Ballroom in Portland, this older venue and stood up on the balcony and were able to enjoy the music. And the theme of this tour that they are on is called the take your power back tour and i'll put the link to their website highly recommend the music for listening and really getting into the lyrics there's a lot of beautiful poetry involved and strong messages and thinking about the idea of taking your power back and what does that mean and it was Encouraged in this particular tour, you know, to take our own power back as people, to take the power back to be supportive of the planet and of each other. The power in the words and in the music and the opening musician touring with Nako and at this particular show was fantastic. She had amazing lyrics and melodies and the work with her musicians and her band, but also in the movement, you know, she would dance with each of her songs and embodied the energy of the message that she was trying to send and exuded this lightness. You know, she had big anthems and strong beats that she would move about and appeared lighter than air. And I've always admired dancers Many reasons, particularly for the physicality of their movement, the ability to express so much strength and power in a way that also appears light and free. And I think that balance, or even that dichotomy, you know, of strength and lightness, of control and freedom in her movement was so inspiring. And her name is Ayla Nereo, and I'll put a link to her website as well, also worth exploring. And I would recommend, certainly, the music, but if you're able to take in a visual of her performing her music, it's even more powerful. And so as I considered the show, you know, they had take power back on these stands, these kind of platforms on the stage, and they would rotate and take turns performing up there, and certainly generated a lot of power through their music, through their words, through the energy they put into this performance, and also encouraged members of the audience to be participants in the movement of taking back their power and of using it for the right reasons, for good reasons, for positive reasons, for care of self and of others and of the world. And it was very encouraging and brought in a way that was inspiring and positive. And so led me on the drive home and in the days following to think more about the concept of power. And it's such an interesting word and how it can be in so many different forms. And just that same week, maybe just a day or two after we also encountered the concept of power in the gym. I manage a CrossFit gym and we were talking about movements and, you know, were these movements equal in their stress on the system or the energy you had to put into them to perform them in the gym and had this whole discussion that evolved, which I always appreciate, you know, exploring a concept in detail and gaining perspective from others and being able to spin it and look at it from a different direction and that was about power as well. And so, like in many of these, as a word comes up, we go back to basics, back to definitions. And as they come up, there's always, when I research the podcast, these kind of aha moments of, I can think about it that way. And if, you know, of course, that's one perspective. And so power can be a noun, a verb, or an adjective. And... If I think about my gut instinct of power, you know, close your eyes, think of power, what do you see? And it seems aggressive, you know, it seems controlling, it seems domineering, it seems, you know, abusive or corrupt. Like, those are the concepts that come to mind with power to me, which indicates to me I have some work to do, because I'm in charge of my thoughts, feelings, and ultimately actions around this. And these negative connotations can be quite limiting, You know, for myself, having been in positions of power, that was never how it felt as a person wielding any sense of power or control in an environment. But if I look across the board, more globally, certainly a generalization or a stereotyping of what power means. That is what came up for me. And so I'm going to step into that in a moment. But first, let's just explore a few of... The definitions, the possibilities for what power can mean, and ways we can integrate it into our worlds, and ways we might be able to change or reframe our thinking about it. So, as a noun, power is the ability to act or produce an effect. We talked about taking potential into reality in previous podcasts, and power is one way to do that, right? You have the ability to produce an effect. So you might have an idea. But you need some power to make that idea a reality, to have an effect, to make change. And I think this becomes a point that often I can struggle with or we can struggle with in humanity, is if we think of power in this negative way or in this kind of controlling way, we kind of want to shun it, right? The people in charge are bad or mean or they want to boss everyone around, but we have to have some element of power to be able to affect change. And it doesn't have to be in an aggressive fashion. But Nako, for example, recognizes that he has this platform. He has people who listen to his music. And so he can use this level of influence, this power in a positive way and to affect change in a meaningful fashion, to inspire others to good and embrace that invitation. Power can also mean the capacity for being acted upon or undergoing an effect. So there's some space where we need to be powerful in order to experience the influence. We have to be a willing participant, You know, taking the time to go up to this concert and to be there, to be able to experience the music firsthand, to be able to experience Elanario and her power And took me taking initiative to be able to be acted upon. Moving into those definitions like we've talked about, possession of control, authority, or influence over others. Again, control and authority feel a little bit more in that negative connotation category. But influence over others, again, for better or for worse. I've had this conversation with my oldest son. He is a leader by nature, you know, since he was little. It's just kind of how he is and who he is. And in general, he's done so in a diplomatic and a thoughtful and an encouraging fashion. And we were talking about currently, you know, looking at behaviors, it's middle school. It's a time of big change and people are testing the waters. And so we had a conversation that for whatever reason, the inherent nature of his being is such that people will look to him for guidance or to lead by example and so he can choose you know how he wants to have that influence take place essentially how is he using that power you know is he using it for positive to influence others power is also a source of supplying energy and i think about this a lot in the gym and in life you know in the human version or in how we're using fuels to power other parts of our life You know, right now that sit here with my computer plugged in but the sun is coming through the window you know what elements of power are happening right now to supply energy and looking for those renewable resources for ourselves you know how are we restoring the capacity for power in ourselves through rest or positive nutrition or meaningful exercise or relationships that are rejuvenating you know looking for those elements of power in a positive way in our lives and stepping out from that power is a verb you know so we can power something we can be that source of energy we can be that for ourselves or for others or for a movement again coming back to Nako in his tour he's offering up a source of the power, while also encouraging you to take it back for yourself. And when I think about osteopathic medicine and the concept of health, you know, we can think of things helping to power our health, or health is helping to power our life. And what frame do we put on that? And how do we consider making it something that is renewable and sustainable? Power is also an adjective. It's utilizing strength. And we can be a power person. You know, we can have power naps. We can have power hours, which hopefully have different um, associations with that are more positive and health related. But that sense of this really invigorated and meaningful and charged in a positive way experience. Thinking of those definitions helps me to start to step beyond just seeing the challenges of power. And when that came up for me, and we often perhaps might think of the quote, power tends to corrupt, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And the follow-up to that is, great men are almost always bad men, which, to be honest, I had never heard that subsequent line in the quote, which was by John Dahlberg Acton, an English Catholic historian, po- politician, and writer. And what's interesting about that is I often have talked about voting in political elections or thinking about my professional organizations or positions you know, in various systems where people are ascending the ladder to various degrees of power. And my inclination was always that the person who doesn't want the job is the one I would want in the job. And what I mean by that, that reluctant leader, so the person who isn't drawn to power simply for the act of having power, but who can see what job needs to be done and recognize that they have gifts and talents and skills and ideas and thoughts to get there and likely would run a team from a relatively altruistic place, those people often don't want the job. You know, they... Hesitant or reluctant, or you know, simply want to avoid any sense of holding power, perhaps for fear of what that quote says, or for fatigue. You know, it can be tough to be in positions of power, the time and stress that it can entail on your life. But when I investigated this quote, an article came up in the Washington Post from. I find the date on here, February of 2019, by Adam Grant, and I'll put a link to that in here. And sometimes you can get free articles, or perhaps you'll sign up for the Washington Post. When entitled Power Doesn't Corrupt. It just exposes who leaders really are. It is a very interesting article and it tracks through different ascensions to power of different people and makes the note that power isn't corrupting, but power will reveal the true character of a person. And putting folks in a position of power will accentuate their inherent behaviors. And it talks about power as a disinhibitor. You know, it takes us out of that realm of social pressures and frees us to be who we are. And in the case that we are that perhaps reluctant leader, or the altruist, and their example is Abraham Lincoln, who was reluctant to take on these roles of office, but who used it for good, right? He behaved in a way that moved into positive, social justice-driven actions and exposed who he was, which was a person of high moral character. And the Contra example was of Richard Nixon, and who had demonstrated in various ways prior to becoming president of the United States a tendency toward misuse and abuse of power. And then when he ascended to this position of pretty significant authority, it revealed those elements of his true character. And they talk about a variety of social experiments. And again, I'll put a link to the article and I would recommend investigating it and perhaps digging deeper into this if this is a new concept to you. Perhaps this is something you've already uh, been aware of but I found it encouraging in a way and I would had a recent discussion with a colleague who's taken on leadership roles often from that reluctant standpoint and there's potential that a an opportunity may be in front of him to do so and my encouragement was you know we need people like you in positions of authority because you will lead from a place of goodness and wholeness and doing the right thing Simply because it's the right thing to do, you know, and not behave out of a attitude of I'm in control now and I get to do what I want and you know, disregard the greater good concept. And I still stay behind that in a way, but also feel reassured that there can still be places and opportunities for people who may have a desire to move to a position of authority That will expose the goodness of their underlying character. And thinking about power as a revealer, not a corruptor, but also being mindful of understanding what you see when folks are given power in different ways, right? We can have power at different levels. It doesn't mean you've taken on a political office, but even just in your life, seeing how people behave when they're given the opportunity to lead or to have authority, And what it says about them and what it says about us, you know, when we are given those positions of power and control. And if it does lead to perhaps less desirable behaviors, not necessarily that we are a terrible person, but understanding what power is doing and what we need to examine and how we wish to behave and we might need to take a more conscious hold of as we step into those positions thinking about power in the physics realm physics seems to come up a lot in these episodes fascinatingly enough and this has to do a bit with that discussion I had with my coaches in the gym as well that power is the rate of doing work or the amount of energy transferred in an interval of time so power is work divided by time one sub thought in this category was that there's no direction involved, which is most interesting, right? If we think about it just in physics, we can rationalize that, but we think about it in life. You know, power doesn't inherently have direction. So we're generating it, and where do we want to put that use of energy? And the other differentiator between power and work is that while both have a change in the physical system, Power also requires a change in the time over which the change in the physical system occurs. And thinking about that, you know, in our daily life or in the gym, you know, we can carry a certain amount of weight over a certain amount of distance and do the same work, whether we run it or walk it or skip it or lunge it there. But our power will change based on how long it takes us to do that work. And that's something... You can think of in our daily lives, like in crafting these podcasts. You know, the work it takes to generate a podcast is about the same. You know, the research that goes into it and the thought process behind it. But the amount of time over which it takes place can vary. And some of that has to do with, like I said, interruptions or maybe my focus or perhaps just my willingness to sit down and get it done. And so in some ways I'm giving away or I'm losing power when I allow myself to just dissipate and not concentrate and focus my energy for a certain period of time. And that's not holding a boundary. And that is something that can be a challenge for me, something for me to work on. And I ask you, where in your life might you be giving away your power because you're not holding strong and true to a boundary, to something that you need to get what is either important or necessary or meaningful for you done by holding it in a certain space and time. And I think about that with to-do lists or, you know, there's always tomorrow, get it done the next time. And this isn't saying it's a failure or, you know, other things. do sometimes have to take priority. But if we're being honest about it, you know, the amount of time to get this done isn't that long. And so am I willing to hold firm to what's important to me and not let other things creep in and dilute my power in that way and for you how can you hold on take your power back and keep concentration of that power for yourself another idea that came up is that power is not the same as control and i think that's a bit of a tail onto what I was just speaking of and holding onto that space and holding onto your boundaries for yourself to maintain your own power by controlling your time in a meaningful way. And similarly looking at what we're controlling sometimes in a futile way versus when we're able to step back and recognize that we are feeling out of control of our lives maybe in a bigger way and in such we start to exert control on lots of little things and think that we are able to influence everything in our lives and we truly become more powerful when we step back and you know listen for that clarity underlying and understand What is truly important and reprioritize and find that balance and see where our true power is and that it doesn't lie in controlling a number of less significant things. I think I've talked about this before in a podcast episode, but I'll bring it up again because I think it's truly important and powerful. Pun intended here is the concept of both the Serenity Prayer and a quote from the Dalai Lama, which are saying the same thing in different ways in that speak to this idea of power versus control In the serenity prayer it starts god grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change the courage to change the things i can and the wisdom to know the difference and the undercurrent of all of that is stepping into your power and being willing to recognize that you're the most powerful when you are using your energy towards something that you can truly have an effect upon something that's Able to be affected by you, remembering that that's the definition of power is both of those directions, being able to be effective and being able to be affected. Also, having the power and the capacity to know when you cannot and to be able to step away from that and honor that deeper part within yourself. The Dalai Lama's quote is, if it can be solved, there's no need to worry. But if it can't be solved... Worry is of no use. It's so again calling us to be powerful in our thought, in our consideration, in our contemplation, and in our action. If it can be solved, then solve it. You know, use your power appropriately and let go of worry, which is just your mind working to control other pieces. If it can't be solved, then the power is in letting go in stepping away and letting go of the worry as well. So, lots of different ways to think about power and maybe change your relationship with it. I know for me, there's a lot of work to be done there to honor power in its many different iterations and expressions and possibilities, in the lightness it can carry, in the fluidity that can come with it, and recognizing that power doesn't have to be evil or for the wrong reason. It can be for good and it can reveal the good in our character that is underlying. So we began with a musical experience and I'll end with one as well. Uh, The new album by Coldplay, also one of the best bands live, but they are not touring. So they're exerting their power at this time to seek a way to perform That is carbon neutral, and they have not found that yet, so they will not be going on tour, which in some ways is a loss. If you've not been to one of their shows, they are an amazing experience, very powerful experience. But they're stepping beyond and recognizing that their power is in using their platform to say no until they can do so in a way that is more sustainable for the planet. One of their songs that is just coming to fruition on the album, they're completing the lyrics in time for the official release, is Wonder of the World, Power of the People. And I think a lot of the artists of the modern world and of years gone by as well are calling us to that, to recognize what we do have organically as individuals and even more strongly, in collective, to effect positive change and challenge us to how we're going to use that? Can we use it effectively? Can we honor our innate and inherent capacity and do so in a way that restores our power, encourages it and positively influences the power of others, and respects the power of mother nature in our planet in our ways of being so that's the concept for today went a little bit all over the place but <clears throat> i had a lot of fun exploring and thank you for your patience and presence and being here with me now and i hope you'll enjoy the links follow like review the podcast and stay tuned for what written word might find its way to the page This is Dr. Amelia Beake with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.